Hey everybody, welcome to the Spirit of South Park. What a great impersonation. I think that was right on. Holy shit, we just killed your friend. I have nothing against kicking babies. I laughed hysterically the whole way through. I mean, obviously, I, I can't. I, I, I obviously was, I mean, Barbara Streisand. Well, this certainly does suck right here. Welcome back to the Spirit of South Park podcast. I'm your host, Drew. Joined today by a four-time guest coming in to make his second appearance of season three. I am joined by Pat. How's it going, Pat? It's going good, Drew. Always an honor to be here on the number one, the number one episodic-based South Park podcast (laughs) hosted by the number one Shaq Fu streamer in the world. So I just am honored to be here in your presence there, Drew. Well, you know, if I've learned anything in my life, it's if you want to be number one at something, you just need to pick something that is uh, niche enough that no one knows what it is or cares about it, and you can be number one at whatever you want. Um, smart words from a smart man. <laughs> there's your your day, uh, daily dose of motivation right there. Um, so Pat is back for the second time here in Season 3. He kicked off Season 3 with us, and we talked about Rainforest, Main Forest. And today we are going to talk about one of Pat's all-time favorite episodes, Chin Pokemon. That's right. It is one of my all-time favorites. This is going to be referenced multiple times, but when uh, Matt and I first had the idea to do this, you were one of the first people we told, and within probably the first 15 seconds of that discussion, you said, I call Chin Pokemon. (laughs) That's absolutely right. I I laid down the law. I said, no one else is getting this episode. It is mine. So this has been three years in the making. We've been waiting for it. Um, And and when we first started talking about it, I said, I don't think I've seen this episode. And now that I have sat down and watched it four and a half times, I can confirm that before just the other day, I had never watched this episode. That boggles my mind. It really (laughs) does. But to be be honest with you, I was going to talk about this later, but... Go ahead. I, I did not see this episode when it originally aired i saw it as a rerun okay like how how much later uh we're talking like uh 2015 later oh wow (laughs) yeah so it's not it's not even something that you have a bunch of uh childhood nostalgia attached to exactly okay well that's which that's good which is crazy because you know the (laughs) the 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 n-word in this podcast is you know just it's one of those things where this episode is my one of my favorites and there's no nostalgia connected to it. Yeah, I think that says a lot about the episode. Um, the, the biggest thing I've noticed in doing this podcast is it's amazing how many South Park episodes can slip under the radar or when the fact of you've been watching this show for 25 years, you can forget certain episodes and it, it comes back pretty quick. Um, However, for me, this is one that just didn't have that effect. You know, Pat, since you've been on the show four times now, I'm going to have you give a brief synopsis of your experience with South Park. So my experience with South Park was I have uh, watched 
season one and part of season two on on replay i did not have cable during that time and uh, i started with season three missed some episodes obviously here and there including uh chim pokemon <laughs> during their original run and then uh i've kind of been on and off throughout the years including now like i i I haven't seen any of the last two seasons live. I've been watching some of the newer seasons. I always put it on before I go to bed so I fall asleep and I never finish it. Um, it feels like this season they've returned to a pretty high quality, but I fall asleep so I don't necessarily know if that's true. <laughs> also, me working on Wednesday nights doesn't uh, really bode well for me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I, like, actually caught a South Park when it premiered. Like, you know, oh, it's 9 o'clock on Wednesday night. Boom. You know, that hasn't happened for a long time. Announcements. Would like to thank our supporters of the pod, both Pat, the one you're talking to or listening <laughs> to, I should say, right now, and Wes, who we will be hearing from probably in the next episode if things go as they should. Um, thank you, gentlemen, for your contributions and supporting the pod. I was just discussing with Pat before we uh, we started recording that the podcast is up to 7,000 total plays now over three years. And I don't know if that's good or not, but it sounds like a lot. It is good, Drew. Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> Put yourself on my... That's no, weird. I said pat yourself on the back. <laughs> that, I put yourself on my back, <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> And the dad jokes are, are saturating the airways. I think a lot of those plays are bots. <laughs> but, you know, bots are people too, even though they're not. At one, po well, but, uh, at one point in time, I did have a NASCAR podcast. And I can confidently say the bots do not like NASCAR. <laughs> With our, like, 14 views or uh, listens that we had. <laughs> so... Most of the NASCAR fans probably don't own technology, <laughs> or their car is their technology. That's right. But I'll say this. I know at one point it was cool to get 1,000 listens, and then it was cool to get 2,000. And, you know, realistically, within the next year, as long as this thing keeps going along, 10,000 is going to happen, and it's going to be like, whoa, that's awesome. But anyway, uh, listener comments, nothing new. I literally just recorded a show less than a week ago. I think I've recorded two shows in the last five days, and in the previous ten months, I have recorded one. So back to the uh, grind. Summertime is here. <laughs> we're we're rolling along, and I hope to get through a lot more this summer. Uh, any comments, Pat? Before we uh, move on here? Nope. I'm super excited. Three years in the making. Let's get to it. Three years in the making. All right. Let's get to it. No play along scores were shared, so we won't go over anything with that. Uh, is there any comments you have on Season 3 up to this point before we get to the moment we've all been waiting for? Nope. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and get into the preview. Chimpokomon aired November 3rd, 1999. And in my blog, I wrote, Chimpokomon is finally here. When Matt and I first came up with the idea of the Spirit of South Park... Pat was one of the first people we told about it. And Pat instantly, and I wrote instantly in all caps, <laughs> called the guest spot on Chimpokomon. Three years later, Matt is gone, but we are here, finally making that dream come true. I know very little about this episode. I'm assuming it is making fun of Pokemon, 
but I don't really know. I do know there were Chin Pokemon characters you could collect in the Stick of Truth, and I did. Um, and they looked a lot like Pokemon, so that's how I'm making that connection. And Chin Pokemon obviously sounds a lot like Pokemon. I don't know anything about Pokemon either. Pat assures me this is one of the greatest episodes of South Park. I guess we'll see. Further research shows Chim Pokemon is in fact a Pokemon knockoff, which tells me this immediately makes the episode relevant. Wikipedia also tells me this episode was nominated for an Emmy in 2000, which I thought was interesting. And apparently Chinpo is a vulgar Japanese term for penis. I can already tell where this episode is going to go. I had no clue about that, but that is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's from Wikipedia, which maybe I'm dumb. I take Wikipedia for what it's worth. <laughs> I could have looked it up more, but I didn't. Not really something I want to type into the Google search. Probably <laughs> typed worse. But <laughs> today. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I found it to be pretty interesting, and even if it's not, that's what I'm going to want to believe. So, here we are. That is my blog, and for those of you who are going to play along and submit your play-along scores, go to our website, thespiritofsouthpark.com, and find the scoring outline. That's not what we call it, but it's out there somewhere. I can't think of what it's called, um, but you can find... The template, the scoring template, and it will help you score. Then come back, and Pat and I are going to tag team the plot review. In years past, Matt always did the episode preview, or the plot recap, I should say. Since we've gone to the new format, I've had guests do it. Um, some guests like to do it. It takes a long time to do the plot recap. Um, Pat did not have that time today, so... I'm going to do what I did in the last episode as well. I'm going to use Wikipedia to help guide me in the direction to tell you what happened. And Pat's going to fill in the blank. I just want to add a little note that I did attempt to do one. And <laughs> Drew and I talked about it yesterday. Um, I went on the, the latest fad of AI technology, chat GPT, and typed in, <laughs> I need a 300-word plot summary of season three episode 11 chip pokemon from south park and i read it to drew it it was pretty hilarious and we're just gonna leave it, it out because yeah. it's not worth it we got plenty of other time <laughs> it was about 75 percent accuracy if that um some some details were definitely glossed over um, but that's why you come here you don't want to type it into chat gpt you want to hang out with us exactly <laughs> All right, so the episode starts out. Cartman is sitting on his couch watching TV, eating chicken tenders, and he has to tell the kitty that the kitty can't have his chicken tenders. Um, he's watching Pokemon, which is, as we said, a, a parody of Pokemon. Um, basically, with Chinpokemon, um, that, that what Cartman's watching is an advertisement saying... There are toys down at the toy store. Um, Chim Pokemon, go get them. And so then Cartman becomes his childish self and goes into the kitchen where his mom is and gives her the old speech of, Mom, we have to go. I have to get this. I'll be so cool. And she tells him no a few times, but he ultimately talks her into going. Um, immediately upon 
Arriving at the toy store, Cartman sees that every kid in South Park is at the toy store. Even Kenny. And even Kenny, which I found to be interesting that Kenny got there and was able to buy something before Cartman. But I also thought maybe that's why Kenny's family is poor, because they always buy him things. But that's that's another story. That's interesting take. Poor, but yeah, yeah. It's a stretch. <laughs> um, so at the toy store, uh, Cartman talks to Stan, and Stan's talking about all the ones he's got. And Cartman says, oh, I'm going to go get a penguin. He's the coolest anyway. And he goes over there. And the bucket's empty. There's no penguin. But Kenny has a penguin, so he's trying to take it from Kenny. But Kenny won't give it to him. Um, this becomes kind of a thing between them for at least a little bit more in the episode. Um, anything I'm missing from the toy store scene? Just that uh, I have a question for you. Who is okay. your favorite poke or chimp Pokemon? Oh, and why is it Shu? <laughs> <laughs> um, we can we can discuss that later, but I think that's a good tease. You've sufficiently teased me. Next morning at the bus stop. Stan, Kenny, Cartman are all there. They've got their Chim Pokemon toys. Kyle walks up with his Cyborg Bill doll. And he's like, hey, I just got this. And everybody's like, haha, you know, that's stupid. Why do you have that? Chim Pokemon's the cool thing now. So Kyle is clearly oblivious to Chim Pokemon and what is going on. He goes home and he tells his dad or mom and dad, I need to get this so I can be cool, so I can fit in. And then Gerald gives this big speech about, you know, it's it's not about following the crowd and doing things to be cool. Um, it's about being an individual. <laughs> and then Kyle says, well, welcome to the real world, Dad. And if I don't get this, I'm going to get made fun of. I'm going to get my ass beat, that kind of thing. And he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. So then Gerald gives him $10 and then gives him another $10 so he can buy one for Ike as well. <laughs> If I miss anything here, let me know. I believe the next scene is Kyle shows up at somebody's house, whoever's house they're at. They're all playing the Chimpokemon video game with their special Chimpokemon video game controller. And he shows up to to show them that he got a Chimpokemon. And they're like, oh, that's so yesterday. Yep, they start making fun of him for it. Yes. And uh, so they're playing their Chimpokemon video game and with their special controllers. And so once again, Kyle is behind the times. Kyle is getting made fun of. And then they show the game, which is a top 10 gaming moment. A top 10. <laughs> Basically, the Chimpokomon game is encouraging them to bomb Pearl Harbor. <laughs> and there's, there's a real-life person, a human, that shows up on the screen and tells them to bomb Pearl Harbor. So it's like a subliminal messaging type thing, which this person appears in several of the commercials and things like that throughout the episode. As they're playing the video game, Kenny has a seizure, falls over onto the floor, and the boys just keep playing their game. And Cartman, I believe, says, wow, this game is awesome, in in regards to it being awesome because Kenny just had a seizure. <laughs> uh, anything I'm missing so far? Nope, you're doing an excellent job, Drew. Uh, so from this point, ooh, I think we missed the part actually where... Oh, the um, toy store... Yes, Kyle goes to the yep. toy store to buy his toy, and he gets it, and then they show the, the guy at the toy store, the owner, um, one of the Chim Pokemon toys is saying, like, death to America and uh, things like this. So he decides he's going to hop in a plane and fly all the way to Japan to talk to them about why these toys say these things. 
So I believe the next scene is this guy and the toy store owner. His name was Red Harris. He goes in to uh, complain about this and talk to them. And amongst all his complaining, the two toy store executives. Uh, that w- that would be uh, President Hirihoto and Mr. Osei. Very good. <laughs> I was going to save that for our secondary character discussion, but okay. I you continue to do that. That's good. With this conversation, uh, it then turns to them saying, why are you afraid of, of us Japanese people? We, we can cause you no harm because we have such small penises. I'm going to clip that later. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then they begin complimenting him for being an American and having such an enormous penis. And they use every word you can imagine throughout the course of the episode. Because that's how this works. Every time the toy makers get questioned, they just turn it around to complimenting American men for having such gigantic penises. Yeah, they even had a bunch of bunch of Japanese women there, and they're like, hey, look at yes. this American with this huge <laughs> penis. <laughs> and that that's a fun scene, because they call them in from the other room. It's not like they're just there. He's like, hey, come here. <laughs> and at this point, the, the toy store owner goes from being very angry to just being kind of embarrassed and like um, happy to receive the compliment. And he like walks out of the toy building, corporation office, office we'll go with. And he's just kind of whistling a song and he's like, he's like happy to, that he was there. I believe the next scene or close to the next scene, we cut to Stan and Randy, not Stan, Randy and Sharon Marsh. And Sharon's putting in a Chin Pokemon video to see what all this is about. And Randy's like, why are you watching this? And she's like, well, if our kid's into it, I want to find out what kind of message this is sending. And they watch it, and they're just like, what the (laughs) hell is this? This makes no sense. Why is this a thing? Why do they like it? Um, And so then Sharon kind of starts trying to get the parents of South Park together to at least look into this and get them to think about why their kids are into this and if they should let their kids be into this. That's when they they start talking about or Sharon was like uh, telling all the parents, "Hey, we should not do this." And then they're like, "Well, we're it's uh, I think it was Sheila Broflowski was like, yeah, Sheila Broflowski was like, "Well, we're sending our kids to the camp because it's harmless." Yes, uh, we we told Kyle we would let him go to Chimpokamon camp if he did all his chores, and he did, so we're gonna let him go, and. So basically, none of the other parents think it's an issue at all, but Sharon and Randy are kind of like, hey, you know, maybe this isn't as innocent as it looks. All right, so next we go to the Chimpokomon camp. And at the Chimpokomon camp, and actually let me backtrack here real quick, there's a scene in there where Cartman is out on the street singing and playing guitar, <laughs> trying to get money to raise money so that he can go to Chimpokomon camp. Um, Stan and Kenny come up, kind of make fun of him because he hasn't made any money. But then Kyle comes along. And Kyle goes, hey, I've got my video game controller. Once again, they laugh at him. Like, oh, nobody cares about that anymore. We're saving up money to go to camp. And so Kyle tries to play it cool this time. He goes, oh, yeah, I knew that. I was just trying to test you guys. And as he's leaving, he says something else. And I don't remember exactly what it was. And he said that. And they're like, why are you saying that? That's so eight days ago. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was like one of the first things that they talked about uh, in that from one of the commercials. I forget what it was. Oh. It was like IE or something like that. That sounds right. Yeah. 
So Kyle's getting made fun of again. He leaves. Um, and then we go to Chim Pokemon Camp, which gave me, like, old <laughs> World War II Japanese military training video vibes. <laughs> I, I don't know how else <laughs> to put it that, but it, 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 had, it was a... Uh, Japanese theme building and kind of like a, a big courtyard area and there was a screen up and they're talking about Pokemon camp and Emperor Hirohito comes out and starts uh, giving his direction and telling them that the great big power they need to fight now that they've bought all the Pokemon is the American government <laughs> and Cartman goes oh <laughs> and then as Emperor Hirohito who oddly resembles Hitler. I don't know if you really noticed that or commented on that either, but I noticed it. I also he, didn't comment on it though. <laughs> he, he's going on giving a speech about why they need to take down the American government. And Cartman goes, I can't tell if this is really cool or not, <laughs> which I thought was quite humorous. So anyway, they go through the speech and then they start going into exercise and language learning. So then we cut to the next scene, which is the kids returning to school on Monday, and they're in the classroom, and Mr. Garrison is trying to get them to do multiplication tables, and six times three, but they're all answering in Japanese, and as they're answering in Japanese, they also have, they've been animated as to have, like, anime-style eyes, I would say, and faces, yeah, and so they're... Speaking in Japanese, and Garrison is losing his shit. <laughs> um, I, I'm not even going to try to describe it further because I can't do the scene justice. Um, but you get the you get the picture there. So the parents decide they've got to do something about it. They go to meet with the mayor. Uh, they go in to meet with the mayor, and the mayor's like, "Hey, it's okay. the The toy people are here to tell you why this is okay." And we get the same runaround of, oh, you know, we're no harm. We have such small penises. You Americans have such big penises. All the men think this is great. Even Father Maxi, as they're walking out of the room, goes, oh, those guys are great. Nice guys. And then the women, the mothers, are still trying to figure out what to do. And all the guys are just standing there, like, staring. Big smiles on their faces. Big smiles on their faces, exactly. Then we go on to uh, the mayor saying... She has a plan for how to end this fad. We just have to come up with the next new fad. So the next scene takes us to the four, the core four and Butters sitting on a couch down at the Market Research Center, and they're showing them commercials of toys. And the commercials start out, hey, you like Chimpokomon, you're going to love. And the first thing they show is, I believe they call this... Wild, wacky action bike. Wild, wacky... <laughs> Wild Wacky Action Bike, which I don't know how to describe it other than it's a clusterfuck. It's a big <laughs> wheel a... with two big it's, wheels. It's like two and... big wheels put together, handle in front, handle in back. With like but a then two boat <laughs> like oar thing on the uh, that you're steering with on both of them. Yes, yes. And uh, there's a wheel, two wheels in the middle, and one's tiny, and the other one looks like bigger than a football and it's lumpy either way there's no way anybody could possibly operate this thing good for a laugh and after they show the commercial all the boys are like no it's gay it's terrible so they show one more commercial <laughs> and and pat i'm gonna let you explain this one uh, if i can hold it together i will <laughs> so this next commercial is <laughs> 
Alabama man. <laughs> and uh, basically, it is the epitome of what you would think of an Alabama white trash person is. It the the action that it does is it beats his wife, um, drinks beer, <laughs> and goes bowling. <laughs> it is uh, it is hilarious. I mean, it, it is. and the song is just great for it. Yes, yes. Um, it's it's classic Trey Parker uh, singing in something that just just putting words and song to something that you really wouldn't think needs song. The very end of the commercial. <laughs> They do like a little disclaimer, and he's like, "Not all Alabama people, not all people from Alabama beat their wives, or something <laughs> like that." And so, commercial ends. Gay, gay. The toy sucks. It's terrible. And then they decide, well, maybe that's not going to work. And then they just go on. Well, how about this commercial? And then it feeds into the actual commercials. If you were watching it on TV, so that brings us down to. All the boys, all the kids of South Park and surrounding area are marching through the town with Emperor Hirohito. As they're marching through the town, the parents are trying to figure out what to do. They're pleading with the kids to stop because the plan, now that they learned at camp, is that they are all going to learn to fly fighter jets that are on autopilot, and they're going to go bomb Pearl Harbor. So they're on their, they're on their way. They're on the march to their fighter jets. And the parents are trying to stop them, and finally Sharon has the idea that's going to break it. But before she comes, or before we find out what the idea is, uh, we get a a message from Bill Clinton, who tells everybody that they don't need to worry about the Japanese <laughs> and all the camps that have been popping up around the United States because they have assured him that he has an incredibly large penis, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a thirty second little bit of Bill Clinton just talking about everything's okay because I have one of the largest penises in the world. <laughs> Which is funny now, but I bet that was funny as hell in 1999. Right? <laughs> Probably right before the election. It would have been right before the election, yeah. That goes by and then all the parents show up at the fighter jet field and they all have chin Pokemon. They have toys. They have bumper stickers, hats. Everything, And they're talking to their kids about Jim Pokemon, telling, oh, yeah, I think this is really cool, too. And the parents think Jim Pokemon's cool, so all of a sudden, all the kids decide Jim Pokemon sucks. And they throw their toys down, and I believe Stan says, come on, let's go, let's go kill some ants. And that's it. They walk off. They leave. The fighter jets are there. The uh, emperor and uh, his colleague are very upset they were tricked by the parents and now there's going to be no one to bomb pearl harbor and there's a little scene there where sharon says call everybody or send a, a wire message to the rest of the world tell them we know how to take these sons of bitches down which is a direct reference to the movie independence day yep which i thought was hilarious um and then as all that happens kyle starts to drive by in his fighter jet saying he learned not to follow the crowd, so he's going to go ahead and bomb Pearl Harbor anyway. <laughs> and he's on his way. So then Stan has to give a speech to talk him out of bombing Pearl Harbor, to which Kyle says, I don't know. I'm too confused. I'm just going to get out. So Kyle doesn't. Once again, Kyle's behind, <laughs> behind on the trend. And the episode ends with 
one thing we haven't mentioned is that Kenny has been basically in a state of just dazed out nothingness since he had his seizure. Every scene he's in, he's just standing there holding a chin Pokemon. And every now and then, like little scenes, they'll have a rat like crawling on him. But he's not dead yet. In fact, the last scene we see is Cartman hitting rats off of Kenny, saying he's not dead yet. And the episode ends when the boys are standing at the bus stop talking about what they should do. Like, do they want to go do this? Do they want to do that? And Kenny suddenly bursts and rats come out of Kenny and eat him. Like he's been dead the whole time. <laughs> and the episode ends as Kyle, Stan, and Cartman laugh. Anything I forgot there? Excellent job, Drew. Excellent job. <laughs> I took, we're 30 minutes into the episode and we just finished that. It's, <laughs> I mean, I knew this was going to be a long one, but. Oh, so very big. Right so very big. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Pat, I'm going to let you lead off. What was your reaction to this episode? It's obviously one of my favorite episodes for a reason. And there are numerous laugh out loud moments in this episode um it just and even watching it back now i still laugh out loud at, even though i know these moments are coming up and uh yeah. it, it's it, it's a great episode drew it really is i i was thinking i think the best way to put it and we'll find out as we go through here but i think i think your score is going to be gargantuan mastodonic bulbous and massive bulbous you're going to have a bulbous score <laughs> and my score will be so small i have such a tiny score <laughs> <laughs> i worked hard putting that together um, <laughs> so i know your score is going to be higher than mine i it came in i think as my third or fourth highest episode for this season which we've done oh wow We've done 12 episodes this season. So it's toward the top, but it's definitely not my favorite of this season so far. So let's talk about the scoring system. The scoring system. Our scoring system is split into two parts. First, the character score. We have the core four characters, Stan, Kyle, Cartman, and Kenny. Each character can earn a total of up to three points per episode. The maximum score for the core four per episode is 12 points. We also grade the secondary characters. The secondary characters are characters who are not considered to be part of the core four, and they can earn up to 10 points per episode. The second part of our scoring system is the episode score. The episode score has three five-point categories, relevance, irreverence, and laugh score. The relevance score is based on how relevant the episode is, both now and the time that the episode was made. The irreverence score is based on how the episode disrespects or parodies topics that are generally taken seriously. The laugh score is another five-point category that reflects how much the episode made us laugh as we watched it. We also have the personal score, which is our own subjective score on how we felt about the episode. That category is worth seven points. Finally, we have the SP factor, which is worth one point because 45 is a much better number than 44. It is basically the extra point of our scoring system. All right, character scores. 
Let's talk about Stan. Pat, why don't you talk about Stan first? Well, in a throwback to Matt, Stan was Stan. <laughs> With his speech there at the end about following trends and fads, I mean, it is classic Stan. Now, I find it interesting that you mentioned the speech at the end because the speech at the end, I, I have a lot of notes here on everything. I have one note for Stan, and it says he gives the big speech at the end. Mm-hmm. What else did Stan do in this episode? That's a very valid question, Drew. <laughs> he he was there with the whole Chim Pokemon fad, trying to get everything, but yeah. he kind of took a back seat in this episode compared to the other, well, bet- other to Kyle, basically. Well, and here's the thing. I felt like Stan was super duper involved in this episode. I felt like he was in almost every scene in some capacity. He had a lot of speaking parts, but it's not like he delivered anything major. It's not like he was a main focus at any point. And if there was ever an episode to say Stan was Stan, I think this is it. He was there, didn't do anything spectacular, gave a big speech at the end, wrapped it all up. Stan was Stan. So... Stan is my lowest scoring character for this episode, and I gave him a 1.8. Okay. I was, we're in the same realm with our scores for Stan. Um, I gave him a 2.1. And that's, I, I kind of, in my mind, had him pinned somewhere between a 2 and a 1.7. Um, gave him gave him that little extra point because of the speech. And I, I don't know if there's ever been an episode to this point where somebody has been so involved and I felt like they've done so little. <laughs> it was so strange. Um, what about Kyle? So for me, Kyle kind of carried the episode for things that like uh, in the trying to be with the group the whole time, always just a little bit behind. It just, uh, I, I gave Kyle a perfect score of three just because, really? yeah, it, it Kyle... His the whole dynamic of him being so late and, and one of my moments that we'll talk about later. So I, that's pretty much why I gave him a three. Well, it's funny because I agree with you. Kyle was um, more involved than he usually is. And just the whole storyline of him being like a day late on everything, that was one of the funniest parts of the episode to me. And I thought it was executed very well. Um, so I also gave Kyle the full three. Ooh, <laughs> pretty impressive. I don't. It's been a while since I've given a full three to somebody who wasn't Cartman. A couple notes here I have on Kyle. He just said he doesn't know what Chim Pokemon is. He's always behind in the newest fad, and I really enjoyed the way he talked his parents into buying him a Chim Pokemon, which I outlined in the plot review there. So I'm not going to go over it again. Um, but he was. He was always involved, and he was always behind. Anything else you'd like to say about Kyle? Nope. Cartman. Cartman was hilarious as normal in this episode, um, kind of the comedic driving factor. I gave Cartman a perfect score of three. Ooh, okay. Um, so this is going to be our first big disagreement. So I had a feeling you were going to come in low on Cartman. <laughs> you know, he had a couple moments... But at this point, he's raised the bar pretty high. You know, I I enjoyed the way he talked his mom into him getting a toy at the beginning, which is classic Cartman. Um, The little scuffle between him and Kenny over Pengen was good in how he kept trying to get that. And then when Kenny has his seizure and falls on the floor, 
He just says, this game rocks, which, once again, classic Cartman, only worried about what's happening to him. But after that point, I didn't really have any notes. Like, what, what big major points did he really have from there, you know? Oh, the laugh out loud funny part of when they were given a speech and they say the evil power is the American government <laughs> and he just goes, oh, like, yeah. oh, that's it, duh. <laughs> that I mean, I laugh at that every single time. I And like I said earlier, the line of him going, I don't know if this is cool or not, but... And I guess I guess the only other involvement I really remember for him after that is when he's hitting the rats off Kenny saying he's not dead yet. I still have a high expectation for Cartman. I felt like they could have done more with him in this episode. I gave Cartman a 2.3. Oh, we're a lot closer than I thought we would be. Yeah, well, I you pretty much have to not be in an episode for me to give you below a 1.5, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about Kenny? So Kenny is, as always, a really difficult character to score. Um, yeah. Because besides a few episodes, you know, he's he's just there for most of it. And if there's an episode yeah. of Kenny being there, it's this episode. The interaction with Cartman at the at the toy store with the penguin, or not penguin, pengin. Pengin. Yeah. And then with the controller with him having a seizure, that was pretty much it. <laughs> we, we, we have described Kenny's involvement in this episode. But the whole thing of him having a seizure and then being dead the whole time, I thought Kenny was pretty good. I gave him a 1.8. Oh, wow. So And that's the thing with Kenny, too. I always factor in his death and how I felt about it. Like, was it... Um, kind of an original idea was it something different or was it just kind of an afterthought um, and like you said you pretty much described his entire involvement in the episode I guess I was a little higher on Kenny I liked the idea of the rats coming from inside of him after they spend half the episode trying to get them off of him I gave Kenny a 2.3 oh wow alright now secondary characters I've got my list here let me read over it and you can let me know if I miss anybody. All right. We've got, and I'm not I'm not going to list all the Chimpokamons, so. Shoe, um. the most important one. <laughs> Shoe. <laughs> so we have Kitty, Mrs. Cartman, Sharon Marsh, Randy, Red Harris, Sheila, Gerald, President Hirohito, Mr. Osek, it's Mr. and Mrs. Tweet. It's just Osei. I don't know, because... I have not found. Have you found a definitive name for them anywhere? Uh, I just put closed captioning on. Okay, because see, my closed captioning said Mr. Hosek. Oh, see, mine was like <laughs> O S E. Ose. Yeah. Okay. Now, what with the president, if you look on Wikipedia, it has a different name. My closed captioning said Hirohito. And I think you even said something different at the beginning. I said Hirohito. Hirohito, okay, okay. We'll go with Hirohito, and I like Osei better because it's fewer syllables. <laughs> Actually, it's not. It's fewer letters. <laughs> anyway, um, so Mr. and Mrs. Tweak, the mayor, Mr. Garrison, Jimbo and Ned, uh, Father Maxi, Bill Clinton makes a special appearance, uh, the commercial lady, and the lady who's doing the subliminal messaging in the video game, same person, uh, Wendy and Butters. 
all had speaking parts, except Butters didn't, but he was there. I missed the marketing team people. Did you say Mr. Mr. Garrison? I did say Mr. Garrison. Um, not off the top of my head. And I'm not going to count the commercial people. <laughs> Alabama man. Although it was funny to watch the kids playing with Alabama man. That, that, that whole Alabama man is just hilarious. It is. So we had a wide variety of characters. We had pretty much all the parents. Um, Kenny's parents were in the background, but they didn't have any speaking parts. You know, the, the heavy lifting was, was done by Hirohito and Osei for that. And then Sharon was kind of the leader of the parents there. What did you think of the secondary characters? Secondary characters brought it in this episode. <laughs> they were uh, hilarious. And like you said, kind of drove the episode along. Um, yeah. And so I gave the secondary characters a perfect score of 10. I figured you would. Um, there's a lot of good there, and I, I'm pretty sure we will get to that once we get into um, favorite moments and quotes and things like that. The, the two toy store guys or toy company guys, you know, the Japanese guys, are really funny. And... Just the, the whole angle they play of, you know, just tell them they have a big dick and they won't they won't question anything. Um, and if something like that's perfect in the world of South Park. I actually really enjoyed Sharon in this episode, too. I thought she did a nice job of, you know, pushing along, the, if you want to call it the good guys, mm -hmm. you know, uh, getting the parents to think about it. Randy even kind of takes a backseat to her. And gosh, are there any other episodes where Sharon is basically a main character right i was i you know kind of surprised by that but i i did enjoy her role in this episode and like you said they were a major part of the episode the secondary characters um a lot of good small appearances you know people making cameos i mean bill clinton was in this episode for goodness sakes not the real one but um so with all of that being said i did not go for the perfect 10 but i did go for a high score and I went back and looked. This is the highest score I've given secondary characters in the last five episodes. And that is an 8.2. So once we finish character scores, that gives Pat a total character score of a 19.9, which your maximum you can get there is 22. So that's pretty good. Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, my character score up to this point is a 17.6 so i fell 2.3 points behind you uh most of that's coming from the secondary characters anything else you want to say about the characters before we move on nope episode score let's begin with relevance and there is a lot of relevance absolutely there's a huge amount of relevance here obviously the low-hanging fruit here is Pokemon just uh, how big of a deal Pokemon was is yeah it's still relevant to this day yeah then there was the whole uh, uh, watching it when I did compared to watching it now being a parent having to deal with <laughs> uh, fads and well first yes. of all TV shows that you watch and you're like this is the dumbest the thing in the world. What the hell is this? This is the dumbest <laughs> thing in the world. Like, why is my kid watching this show religiously? Um, yeah. So you have that. You have the whole, um, you know, 
the parents coming up with the idea to make Pokemon or Chim Pokemon cool um, in yeah. order for the kids not to do it. I remember parents trying to do that when I was a kid. So, um, yep. and then Kyle just trying to keep up. Every every group has that one guy who's always just a little bit behind. <laughs> yeah. Do I even need to ask about your relevance score? No. And I'll, I'll start with my score right away. I did the full five because it was probably one of the most relevant episodes they've done up to this point. And it's not necessarily because what they hit was so big as much as there was just so many different angles so much. You know, we had we had Bill Clinton being mocked in this episode. I, I mentioned the little scene that was like almost word for word from Independence Day, which I meant to look up when that came out. I want to say 97, but I don't know for sure. Um, but it was still, you know, a popular movie in that time. So that was a big, uh, big deal. I, the other thing I enjoyed, like everything about the Chimpokomon was buy, you know, like in the theme song, buy Chimpokomon, all the commercials, buy it, buy it. You know, it's not, not, you got to get them all. You got to buy them all. Um, and so I found that, uh, to be an interesting angle. They mentioned the battle of the network stars, which was even an old thing at that point. 1996. 96. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it had been out for a while then. Um, but no, the Battle of the Network Stars, which I ended up down a rabbit hole kind of looking up what that was. Um, do you know anything about that? Nope. <laughs> Basically, they would take uh, actors from TV shows that were on certain networks and have them like participate against each other in different contests, things like that. It was like reality TV, but in the 70s and 80s, which obviously that's not a thing now, and I'm okay with that. I was going to say, I wouldn't mind watching uh, Kevin James race people on his little Paul Blart cop uh, scooter thing. I digress. Again, um, I put a mention in here about the group mentality. And then the last one that hit me was that Hirohito was actually the name of the emperor of Japan during World War II. Correct. I forgot to mention that. Yes, I was like, and I was, that's why I was not sure about saying that, but I was like, well, that's I, I think that's what they're getting at with the name, and it's close enough. So... Relevance everywhere. So let's talk about irreverence. Another thing this episode is full of. Irreverence of President Hirohito and Mr. Osei, and their ultimate goal is to bomb Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yes, yes. That's the giant heaping pile of irreverence in this episode. It's just, it's, it's hilarious. And then, of course, the whole, you Americans have such a big penis, and therefore, yeah. don't worry about this. So. Well, and I mean, you tie those two things together with... Um, you know, they're playing the dumb American angle. Mm -hmm. They're playing the World War II history angle. They're making Japanese people look awful. They're playing to every stereotype of a Japanese person they possibly can, which at South Park, we would expect nothing less. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of that. Uh, speaking of stereotypes, Alabama man. <laughs> and and uh, the fact that Hirohito resembles Hitler. Your Chimpokomon camp, like all these things. And it, it's like all this happens and then you don't even realize they're mocking Kenny or, or, you know, people having seizures when Kenny has his seizure. Like it's just piled on and piled on. And then add on top of that, the whole episode's making fun of Pokemon. Something that everybody thought was a fad probably at this point in time and thought was going to go away. As I said, I don't know. I wasn't into it. To think now where it's at and, like, there's, it's still a huge thing. I work in the transportation industry. We'll just say that. 
and okay. they literally had to make announcements telling people to not get out at certain areas to go chase Pokemon for Pokemon Go because <laughs> uh, they would miss their connections and whatnot. <laughs> it was that big of a deal where people were doing yeah, it. Yeah, I believe it. And, I mean, Pokemon Go was way, way after Pokemon. Right. You know, so it's uh, it's pretty amazing that they've held on as long as they have. Which brings me to my final point, that the whole episode's making fun of fads and things that kind of come and go and trendy things. And at this point, three seasons in, what was South Park? Exactly. Who was pushing out dolls and video games? Mm-hmm. I went back and looked. The South Park video game, I think, came out in 98. Uh, Chef's Love Shack in 99. And then South Park Rally in 2000. In a way, they're making fun of themselves, and I don't doubt for a second that they knew they were doing that. All of that said, I went for the full five. Pat? Also the full five. Yeah, it's it's hard not to. We've covered a lot of things so far that go over the laugh score. Uh, is there anything that really made you laugh that you haven't mentioned yet? That I haven't mentioned? Yes, but you've mentioned several of them as well, so <laughs> um, it's, for me, the full seven. Uh, laugh score is a five. Alabama, man. Seven. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying the laugh score only goes up to five. Oh, did I say seven? Oh, I meant five. Yeah. That's all right. You're a step ahead. Um, I figured you'd go the full five on the laugh score. I was just a little bit under because I didn't laugh as much as I wanted. And I blame you because you've hyped this episode up so much <laughs> over the last three years. My highlights were obviously the huge penis trick. I think the more times I watched it, the more I laughed at it. Uh, the, the part where Randy and Sharon were completely confused after watching Jim Pokemon. They're just sitting there on the couch looking so dejected and, and just lost. Loved it. Bill Clinton's speech was epic, and I, I just wish I could have seen it in the time that Bill Clinton was president. And then finally, the thing that probably made me laugh the hardest in the whole episode was the wild, wacky action bike. Because this thing was an absolute disaster. <laughs> and to watch this kid try to operate it for the commercial sent me over the edge. I came in with a laugh score of a 4.5. Fair enough. <laughs> that brings us to our personal scores. Pat, go ahead. Well, I mean, do I really need to say it? Um, I mean, <laughs> have we been talking about this episode for three years, Drew? Um, <laughs> if it wasn't uh, a perfect score, then I don't know what is. So my personal yeah. score of Chim Pokemon is seven. I knew that was coming. And this is going to be where we have the largest separation. Because for me, one of the... the biggest parts of the personal score is the nostalgia factor and then you have just looking for things that kind of connect with me or with the time and it did have some of those things but once again Pokemon wasn't my thing it wasn't something I really got into so a lot of that was lost to me oh well, me either but I just thought it was hilarious oh yeah <laughs> The the biggest thing and probably personally that stuck with me was the the Chimpokomon being on the Stick of Truth. And, you know, I played that like five years ago, but that's the only reason I even knew what they were. Um, I, I did say overall it was a very solid episode, uh, a good episode. It's just nothing that really made that personal connection or that nostalgia connection with me. Um, and so I only had a personal score of a 2.9. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, was even lower on my 
personal score. And I watched it one more time, and I gave it I gave it a little extra credit for just some of the uh, the subtle things in it, and certain things like we'll talk about here with the moment and quote. So South Park factor. I have a feel, of course, of course, it has a South Park factor. But I have a feeling <laughs> that that personal score is going to be one that you're going to be considered changing at the end of the season. It's possible. It's possible. Um, I I do feel like this is probably one of my most accurately scored episodes to this point. Because I did, I had the time and energy to watch it. So, I, like I said, I did watch it four and a half times. <laughs> the South Park Factor hits here, no doubt about it. My episode score is an 18.4. Your episode score is a full 23. That is most likely the highest episode score in the history of the show. I was just g- going to ask. I, I probably am I'd... being very generous <laughs> with that. I'll have to go back and look in... <laughs> Looking at your total score here, my total score is a 36. Your total score is a 42.9, um, bringing us to a composite of a 39.45. Out of 45. I'd have to go back and look out of 45. Because 45 is yeah. um, a much easier number than 44. Much, much easier number than 44. That's right. So I'm going to take these numbers. I'm going to throw them into the spreadsheet here. And you're going to talk about your favorite moment, favorite quote, and who you thought the MVP was. So for me, um, I have, uh, the whole episode could be considered a favorite moment. But for me, my favorite moment is when the kids are brought into the research lab to tr- try to find the new fad toy, <laughs> the wild, wacky action bike. And of course, Alabama man. Just uh, for me, that that, that part was was the number one part for me just because I it was Trey Parker and Matt Stone just making fun of everything. It was just great. My favorite quote is when Kyle was talking to his dad Gerald and they were telling him that he could not have money to buy a new chim Pokemon and uh and becoming part of a fad and Kyle responded to him so basically saying, Let me tell you how it works in the real world. In the real world I can either go get a chip Pokemon or I could be the only kid without one which signals me out and causes the other kids to make fun of me and kick my ass and then Gerald says good point here's money here's ten dollars <laughs> then he goes uh, here's 20 get one for your brother I just <laughs> laugh at that every time yeah that's uh that's classic Kyle and just uh, good sound reasoning and it'll make me think about things like that now with my own kids unfortunately so who was your MVP from this episode? My MVP for this episode was Kyle. Um, just his, the way that he was in this episode was just hilarious to me. He uh, he definitely carried it. Obviously, 1 and 1A, the present Hirohito and Mr. Osei. <laughs> I mean, could easily have been there, too. I thought there was a chance of that happening where uh, you would pick those guys. I I'm, am a little surprised by the Kyle pick, but Kyle was really good. I went back and forth between the two, and in fact, I have them literally listed 1A, 1B. So, <laughs> Anything else you want to say about this episode here while I finish up? No. I mean, I, I like I said, I have several of other moments uh, when... Uh, they reveal that the evil power is the United States government and Cartman just, oh, <laughs> just <laughs> hilarious to me. All right. So my favorite moment was when Garrison was 
in the classroom and all the kids are speaking Japanese and he's just getting pissed. (laughs) (laughs) They keep calling him Garrison San and all these things. And he's just, uh, just about to lose it. And it's probably my favorite moment. Um, a close second is when Sharon tells the uh, Japanese guys that they're just making that up. He doesn't really have a small penis. And the, the Mr. Osei drops his pants and they all go, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, very good moments there. <laughs> I, my favorite quote from the episode was when Cartman's playing the guitar and... Uh, Kyle comes up with his video game controller and, and Cartman says, Jesus, tap dancing Christ. Get with the program, Kyle. <laughs> I feel like my brother might have said that a lot. Somebody I knew had said that before, and I can't remember who it was, but it definitely, definitely did enjoy that portion as well. And I already mentioned, you know, not all people from Alabama are wife beaters. Another, uh, another classic line there. So my MVP, you know, I could have went with the... Uh, the fun one, but I kind of took a little more of a serious route like you did. My MVP was Sharon. I alluded to it earlier how, you know, I felt like it was the most involved she'd been in in an episode and that she was really good. So I went ahead and made her my MVP. I'm not surprised by that. She is also very strong in this episode. Yeah. And I, I think if, if you listen and actually pay attention, you can probably tell I'm going to go off the beaten path in most cases with my MVP because it really means nothing. I mean, in the last episode, I picked the Antonio, Antonio Banderas blow-up doll as my MVP. So what does that say? <laughs> All right. So let's look at where things rank. With a score of a 39.45, Chimpokemon comes in as episode number... Do you have any guesses? No. Top five. <laughs> top five, definitely. You got top five. But it's close. Episode number two for Chimpokomon. Oh, nice. Um, still behind Chicken Lover, and this this tells you where Chicken Lover ranks. Um, it is more than three full points behind Chicken Lover. Holy. <laughs> 3.4 behind. I, I don't know if anything's ever going to beat Chicken Lover. Even the, the listener score that was submitted for Chicken Lover is higher than our composite score here. So yeah, number two, uh, Chicken Lover's above it. Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh is below it. And it is th- 0.3 points below. And then Conjoined Fetus Lady is 0.4 points below. Oh, wow. That is pretty close. And, yeah. And the top five round out with Volcano... Uh, it, with volcano, that is, yeah. So tuck and cover. <laughs> if uh, if we go to my personal rankings, it looks like Jim Pokemon comes in at about number seventeen for me. It is tied for seventeenth with Summer Sucks and Starvin Marvin. Um, at thirty six points. If we go to our guest rankings. You have just crowned the all-time number one guest co-host spot for Pokemon with the 42.9. I would hope so. <laughs> Barely edging out Matt's score for Chicken Lover, uh, you beat that by 0.4 points. Obviously, the, the highest rated episode from season three, by quite a bit, actually. I mean, the, the way that from our conversations, you're not the biggest fan of season three. No, no, I was actually just looking at my scores earlier, and 
Um, in my top five, there are there's one season three episode, and that was Sexual Harassment Panda. Now, Mr. Hankey's Christmas Classic comes in at number six, and then Succubus comes in at number 12. Then Chimpokemon comes in at number 19. So yeah, Chimpokemon is, or excuse me, 17, is my number four for season three. So think about all that. And if none of this makes sense to you, go over to our website, thespiritofsouthpark.com, and check out the score sheet for yourself. We've got it linked there. You can pick it up and see what it's all about. Pat, it's about time for us to wrap up. Is there anything else you would like to say about Jim Pokemon? It's an all-timer. It's a must-watch if you're a fan of the show or a fan of comedy. Do you, you think the rankings are right? Do you think it's in the right spot? Uh, I mean, now I kind of feel bad because I, I ranked it so high <laughs> and you ranked it so low. But Which... Yeah, I was just Which gonna I say think is is okay. I mean, you and and you kind of had an idea of where I was going with this episode. Oh yeah, yeah. So if I if I wanted to purposely tank my my scoring to even it out, I totally could have. But I tried to stay as as true as I could. Because mm-hmm. um, in the end, the scores mean nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fun number that gives us something to talk about. It's a little higher than. I think it should be, which is why it's so low on my list. But I would imagine the majority of South Park fans are going to probably be closer to your scoring or thinking on this than mine. And I'm totally okay with that. At this time, I would like to thank all of our listeners for listening. Thank you for getting us up to 7,000 plays and hopefully more down the road. That's a very impressive number. Be proud of yourself. (laughs) Massive number, gargantuan, bulbous, mastodonic. <laughs> it's a bulbous number. <laughs> God, uh, if you would like more to, um, if you'd like more of this show, you can check out the blog. I've given the website multiple times this episode. If you missed it, then it sucks to be you. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the SOSP. And if you'd like, you can join our Discord server. Just go over to our Twitter page. It's in the bio. You can click on there. Uh, Shout out to a person. Someone joined the Discord this week, and it's been like, I don't know, probably three months since anybody joined, and their name was just a person. So you know what? If you join the Discord, I'm going to give you a shout out. Welcome, a person. (laughs) A year from now, when this episode finally publishes, nobody will remember, and you won't even be listening. You're not lying about that. It is it is the middle of summer in 2023. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> yes, yes, I did not give the day. I usually like to give the day just so that when I do edit it, I can sit there and go, God, you're a lazy piece of... It's one of the funniest dynamics of this, uh, the Spirit of South Park podcast there is, is when you talk <laughs> about the weather and it's freezing cold, yet it's yes. released in the middle of summer. I'm so glad that at least you enjoy it because I enjoy it, but I don't know if anybody else does. Pat, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Always a pleasure, Drew. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming by, and we'll definitely see you in Season 4. Finally, I want to thank Alexander Nakarada for the theme song and any music you heard here throughout the episode. I'm also going to give a shout-out to the artist who did our new logo, my new logo. That's my big bulbous head on the logo. (laughs) Um, That's terrible. I've talked to the, the lady who did it. Lady? She's she's young. She's not a lady. You have to be like 60 to be a lady. 
Um, I've talked to the young woman who did the logo and she won't really give me anything to call her. She doesn't run, run her own business. Uh, she's a friend, but she did a dynamite job with the logo. So thank you to Megan the Artist. That's what I'm going to call her. And finally, thank you, Pat, for coming in and finally cashing in on this dream that you've had for three years. Yeah, now I don't know what to do. I feel like I've reached <laughs> the pinnacle, and now it's like... <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Yeah. I peaked early. Start, uh... I peaked in an early <laughs> early season. Start researching season four and finding something else to hang your hat on. Okay. I can do that. <laughs> All right, for Pat, I'm Drew saying stay safe, stay healthy, be a good person. We have such small penises. Yeah, it's still relevant to this day. <laughs>